Some of you realize just about any phrase makes me think of an old song. But, uh, you know, the scripture says, off-quoted, Isaiah 9, and six, I'm not sick, I'm just losing my voice. Some of you sort of get a little antsy. Um, Isaiah 9 and 6, quoted often this time of year, rightfully so, says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. That word given there speaks of a gift. Oh, what a gift. <laughs> oh, what a gift. What a gift. <laughs> I'm thankful, aren't you? thankful he didn't have to but he did for you and for me what a gift a son is given the government shall be upon his shoulder just a little bible study here while we read this government speaks of authority and one who rules his shoulder what does it mean upon his shoulder shoulder signifies a place of authority it's the reason why in the military they have the stars on the shoulder of the generals. It's the reason why they have their rank on their shoulder. It signifies their authority. So the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name, everybody say his name. I want you to notice the first thing he'll be called. Wonderful. His name shall be called. Wonderful. What does that mean? Wonderful. Full of wonder. His name shall be called Wonderful. You know, we often talk about the Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. We don't always spend a lot of time talking about Wonderful. And the old song says, I'm not going to sing. The old song says, isn't he Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Isn't Jesus my Lord wonderful? Eyes not seen, ears not heard. What's recorded in God's word? Isn't Jesus my Lord wonderful? I feel the wonder of the Lord here tonight. You feel that? That's the wonder of the Lord. We just fellowshiped him in praise, and we're just talking a little bit of his word, and we feel the wonder of the Lord. Would you worship him in the fullness of his wonder? Hallelujah. You're wonderful to us, Lord. You're wonderful to me beyond my understanding, beyond what I can comprehend, beyond description. You are wonderful. I worship you, and I praise you, O oh God. I magnify you, Holy One. Jesus, you brought us out of darkness into your marvelous light. You are wonderful. I worship you. I magnify you. I give you glory, Lord. I give you glory and honor and praise this evening for you are good. You are wonderful to me. You are wonderful to me, Lord. Praise God. Amen. I did not get new glasses. 
These are probably, I don't know, they might be going on 20 years old. Um, what do I, what did you say, Sister Andy? She's like, I wasn't supposed to see what she's, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, my eyes got better, so um, I know most people's eyes keep getting worse, I'm told, but mine got better. I, I prayed for them, prayer works, but. Uh, they help me see further away, and so I, I drive with them all the time. I always wear them when I'm driving, and I wore them in tonight and forgot I'd worn them in, so they're just still there. Probably help me back there. Sometimes I can't quite read the words back there, depending on how many words. You know, if it's a big scripture, the words get smaller. Um, but I'm going to wear them more often because uh, I think it was Mariah. Maybe it was Mariah. It might have been Alyssa. Said they made me look younger, so I'm like, man, it was Mariah. So. I don't know if she's just looking for a Christmas gift or if she's being honest, but uh, she's like, I'm going to wear these things all the time now, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> Thank you, Mariah. Amen. I don't know if she was saying I don't usually look young or what. I don't. But anyway, I'm kidding. I'm picking up. Amen. God's so good to us. I'm so thankful. Merry Christmas to you in the fullness of those words. The fullness of Christ, may it be with you this season. May it fill our hearts and our homes. Uh, that's my prayer. He, he is the greatest gift. Amen. And everything else pales in comparison, doesn't it? I'm so thankful for the gift of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to share a few quick announcements before we go into the word. I feel like I have direction this evening. Um, very quickly, if um, if you have not had an opportunity but you would like to and you received one of these red and green Christmas for Christ envelopes that you wanted to give, we talked about that goes to help plant churches in Washington, resources, things like that. Um, if you got one and you haven't returned it yet and you're like, oh, I need to do that, I want to do that, um, you can do that this Sunday. Just drop it in the envelope that way. If you're like, I didn't get one, but I want to participate, you can just write CFC, Christmas for Christ, on your envelope. And anything designated that way will go specifically towards that. It buys materials for new churches that maybe don't have the resources to purchase, like Sunday school materials for a classroom or kids, different things like that. Uh, plants churches, helps build churches for new, uh, It just all that stuff. It has to do with new churches in North America and um, goes across all of North America, but or the USA and Canada. Uh, Mexico, we support on the foreign mission side, the global mission side. Um, and then 50% of everything that's raised stays right in Washington, planting and growing churches in Washington. The other 50% goes across the entire, helps fund projects across the United States. Amen? Um, praise God. Can you believe it's almost 2022? It just boggles my mind. It just boggles my mind. Um, there's literally going to be two days in the next 60 days where the date will all be twos. I don't know if you've thought about that, but it just kind of stuck in my head. 2-2-22, I'm a numbers guy. I don't know. It's just sort of first time in my lifetime and last time in my lifetime. Um, 
we are going to make a shift with the beginning of the new year, okay? Starting not this Sunday. Everybody say, not this Sunday. Okay, good. You got that. Starting Sunday, January the 2nd of 2022, we will start Sunday services at 10 o'clock rather than 9.30. We're giving you 30 extra minutes. Now, if you usually get here at 9.30, just keep getting here at 9.30. You can just join us in the prayer room. Amen. And uh, and then we'll we'll start at 10 for some 10 o'clock. That extra 30 minutes can make a difference for people getting kids together. We have a group of people that come early and practice for worship. And so it gives them an extra 30 minutes versus them getting here at 830. They can now get here at nine. It just helps a little bit with sometimes 30 minutes can go a long ways. So. um, And and if and if you usually get here at I'll look at Brother Martin because he's always late, right? And so it, if, if you usually get here at 940, you can still get here at 940, and you'll have 20 minutes with us in the prayer. Fair? All right. So uh, we just, just a small thing the Lord sort of nudged me about, and so we, we talked about it, and we're, so we're going to do that. 10 o'clock will be our, we'll keep announcing it Thursday night, Sunday, but January the 2nd with the new year will be the new start time. Okay? 10 o'clock on Sunday. Amen. Also, starting January the 3rd, that's the Monday following. Uh, We mentioned this before. I want to mention it again. There will be a sign-up sheet here um, before Sunday the 2nd, and there will be something going out. You'll be able to access it online as well. Um, uh, Brother Jerry and Sister Minnie will be coordinating that, so once they get it going, they'll get communication out. And then if you have questions, you can connect with them. But January the 3rd through the 31st, um, we are going to start the year with 28 days of focused prayer and fasting. Um, now, if you're going, hold on a minute. I know we've started with five days before. We, now, you can definitely fast all 28. Um, should the Lord lead you, it would have to be the Lord leading you because you don't go on those fast in your human will. Okay. Moses and Elijah and Jesus didn't fast for 40 days in their human will. It was the leading of the Lord, and he empowered them to do that. So when you do an extended fast, it comes under the leading and by the grace of God. He enables you to do it. Doesn't mean you don't have hunger pains, (laughs) okay? It it just means he enables you. And so, but when we say a 28-day fast from January the 3rd through January the 31st, um, what we would like to do is we would like to have and know that someone is fasting from the congregation every day, the first 28, those 28 days of January, an unbroken fasting chain among the congregation. I think it would be good for as many of us that can. And by, when I say that can, I mean, don't have physical limitations that would keep it from happening. Well, you say, well, I, have to, I like to eat. That's not a physical limitation, okay? Um, I know there are certain things, um, but I think it would be great as many as can that first week from the 3rd through the 8th, I think that's the date, that Monday through Friday, when we often start with five days of fasting in a year, 
as many as can join in that. And if you're like, man, five, I just can't, but maybe three, we don't try to manage that. We don't try to micromanage, go, hey, how many are you doing? Are you? This is not a competition. This is not a, uh, a badge event trying to earn some coup. No, no, this is about separating ourselves unto the Lord, denying our flesh, okay? That's what fasting is. Fasting is a denying of ourselves, denying of feeding my flesh by pushing the plate away. And then using those times I might sit down to a meal and not just going, okay, i got to find some way to stay busy so I don't think about food and I'll just get on my phone and play games. No, that's not the idea. I would push away the plate and then I would spend time in the Word, spend time in prayer and fellowship with Him. Okay? What I'm saying is, God, more than I want to feed my flesh, I want to feed my spirit. And so I need this carnal man to die so that the spirit man can live. Okay, fasting is what does that. Okay. Now, we don't fast to earn something from God. That's a bribery. We don't bribe God. Okay. We fast to deny the flesh and the spirit to become stronger. I can honestly tell you, I can fast one day. And the next day when I get up and go to my place of prayer, I can tell the difference. Uh, in one day, I can open the word and it, things are clear. My mind becomes clear. And if you've never gone on a longer fast, two days or three days, I promise you when you push past your flesh, you, your mind will be sharper and clearer than it's probably ever been. It's an amazing thing. Now, so um, that's what that will be. There will be a sign-up. We'd ask all who would to participate. Uh, they'll give more details, of course. But if you sign up for a day through the course of the month that you're going to fast, by signing up on that chart, you're saying, I will fast that day from midnight that day till midnight the next because you're helping us together say we're having this unbroken 28 days of fasting. Okay. I believe it will be pleasing to the Lord. And I believe we will all reap the benefits of a closer walk. I feel the beckoning of the Holy Ghost inviting us to a place with him. And I don't think this will be something that we'll involve ourselves in and then we'll just move on. I believe it will set a precedent for the year ahead. And once we've walked through, we won't be able to go back. I really do. Okay. Um, during those 28 days, uh, the church will be open for prayer from 530 to 730 a.m. and p.m. Okay. Five, we'll have that posted so you'll know. You don't have to remember it. 5.30 to 7.30 a.m. and p.m. That doesn't mean you have to come and pray both hour, all hour, those hours. It just means if you'd like to, in your separating yourself, sometimes it's easier to get away from your home or whatever. If you'd like to just come by the church, say, man, I'd just like to go there and pray. It will be open. Okay? And we're working 
we're working with others to coordinate so there will always be a man and a woman both here during that time. So it's not awkward for anybody if you show up. You're like, uh, there's just a couple of men. I'm the only lady. Or there's just one man and I'm the only woman. We're, we're working on that, okay? Trying to consider those things. Um, I, I will tell you something all of us can do for 28 days. I believe all of us can can fast from social media and from any non-essential internet. Amen? Somebody getting nervous on me. Um, now, that's, that's harder to do than we think. Might be like, you know what? It's essential. My car broke down. I've got to try to find a part. And you can jump online essential, needing to find a part. And you know how that works, man. You end up in a rabbit hole, and all of a sudden you overhear it. What happened? Okay. So, but all who will, we're asking to set aside those 28 days and, and just disconnect from that. If you might be tempted to go to social media or the Internet for entertainment, go to the Word. This is about separating unto Him. And then uh, I would ask that if you, if you choose to give continual space to Hollywood, I would ask you to cut that out during those 28 days. Okay? You, you, you wouldn't hurt yourself if you just cut it out altogether, I'm saying. But if, if those 28 days to look at, going, hold on a minute, separated unto the Lord, holiness unto the Lord. Amen? And we're going to, we're going to appeal to the Lord in that season. I'm excited about it. Um, praise God. Is there something else I was supposed to announce? Get it all. I'm looking at different people that know. Huh? Oh, men's conference, we'll have stuff on that on the board. The dates on that are the, uh, it'll be on the board. Because <laughs> I don't need it. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Please keep an eye on WhatsApp. There is a strong possibility that on Sunday, January the 2nd, following, we will have a course. What time does service start on that day? You're all panicking. 10 o'clock. There is a strong possibility that Sunday evening at 6 o'clock, we will have another service. Okay? We're praying about that. Not ongoing, just that day. Praise God. More to come on that. Some of you looking at me like I'm crazy. When I was a kid, we grew up, we went to church twice a day, every Sunday. Some of you are like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sunday morning. Church started at 10. We usually got out about 1230. And then Sunday night, church started at 6. And we usually got out about 930 or 10. Sunday night, man. Here, here they say, Sunday night, man, you had church. Basically what that meant is they played music and worship, and before long, things just blew up, and people were dancing and shouting and worshiping. The Spirit of God was affecting people, and, they were, and it might be an hour and a half, two hours before the preacher ever got there. And the preachers start preaching, and it happened all over again. So 
Amen. I grew up like that. Some of you are like, man, not my Sunday night. It's all right. Jesus' name. Some of you get nervous now. Let's go to the word. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, <laughs> see, most of you wouldn't have caught it. I shouldn't have said anything. Uh, I realize we've already taken 20 minutes to walk through those things, uh, but it's important, and so thank you. Uh, I would like to go to the book of Matthew, chapter number 6, please. We are not going to go into Revelation. You just figured that out. Tonight, the Lord began dealing with me, and I, I have to share this. Matthew chapter number 6. Verse 16 is where I would like to start. Matthew 6 and 16. Now, we're not going to talk about fasting much more tonight, but this is, you can see it in the Word. Starting here so you have some context. Matthew 6 and 16, Jesus is speaking. He said, moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. Oh, man, how you doing? I'm okay. I'm I'm fasting, man. I'm going to make it. That's what he's saying. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear. See, there's the, there's the root. They want to appear unto men to fast. They want people to know they're fasting. Verily or truly, I say to you, they have their reward. You know what their reward is? That literally means they got their reward. What was their reward? Men knew they were fasting. That's what, it, that's what that literally means. That's what that translation means. They have it, their reward. They just got it. They wanted men to know. Men know they have their reward. Jesus said, don't do it that way. But you, when you fast, anoint your head. Wash your face. That you appear not Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. But to your Father, uh, but to your Father, which is in secret, and your Father, which sees in secret, he shall reward you openly. Now, men may not see you fasting, but men will see you be rewarded. And I'll tell you what happens sometimes. People go, man, I see that man's life. I see that woman's life. I wish, how come, I, I wish, I'll tell you what, you're seeing lots of times in different ones like that. You're seeing a man or a woman of God that has fasted in secret, and you're seeing the open reward. And people want the open reward. They just don't want the secret place. Jesus said in Psalm, or the Lord said in Psalm 91, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There's a secret place with God. 
And if you'll make that secret place with God, a place of prayer, a place of fasting, where it's between you and him, and you're not trying to be seen in any way of men, my father, your father, our father will reward openly. When we go into this fast in January, we're not doing it to be seen of men. We're not going to publicize it. You don't need to go to work and tell everybody, oh, no, our whole church is fasting together for this whole month. This is what. Now, if somebody asks you, you can, with humility and the grace of God, tell them what's going on. It may be an opportunity for a witness, but we're not trying to be seen of men. We are humbling ourselves before our Father, seeking his face and his will. And his voice. And I promise you, the more we crucify our flesh, deny our flesh, the more sensitive we become to his voice. That's what fasting does. All right? Say we weren't going to talk about fasting, but here we are. I don't even know what verse I'm on. 19. Now he's still in the same vein of thought. Jesus is still speaking. Lay not up for yourselves treasures up on earth. What you getting for Christmas? Sorry, I don't know where that came from. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But you should be laying up for yourself. Is that what the word says? It says, lay up for yourselves. I never saw that before. I mean, I've seen it before, but it never registered with me like that before. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there. Everybody say there. There. Say it again. There There will your heart be also. Wherever you lay up treasure, that's where your heart will be. All right? I'll give you a silly example. Some of you have heard this before, but. It's okay. I recently went out on a whim. Anybody ever go on a whim? Not a limb, a whim. Anybody ever act on a whim? Some of you? Okay. I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy some stock in Uber. Anybody know what Uber is? Yeah. Okay. I bought some Uber stock. Not much. I mean, I. It could quadruple, and I'm not going to get rich or nothing like that. So uh, I bought a little bit of Uber stock. You know what? I didn't care nothing about Uber before I bought that stock. By goodness, I can tell you what Uber closed at today. And And if it moves so much, I get a little notification on my phone that tells me it moves so much. And guess what? I look. Why? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You give attention to things where your treasure is. Now, I don't think Uber's treasure. 
I didn't put any more in there than I'm willing to lose all of it. Okay, so that tells you about how much I don't have in there. <laughs> okay, but it, it's got my attention because I got a little bit there. See, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. Treasure's not all financial. Matter of fact, most treasure's not financial at all. Okay, I, I got some treasure sitting right over here on this side. One of those treasures doesn't get home at the allotted time, my heart's wondering where that treasure's at. You understand? Somebody's missing from here sometime, and I haven't seen them for a little bit. My heart starts wondering, what's going on? Where are they at? What's happening? Treasure. Treasure. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Jesus said, Lay up treasure for yourself in heaven. You know, it's possible to be rich in this world's goods and be poor. But it's possible to be poor in this world's goods and be oh so rich. I'm rich. One of those old songs just came into my spirit. I wish I could sing. You guys probably should be thankful. I can't. I'd just be, be like one of those old Elvis movies. i just break out in song. You never know when it's coming. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know where that came from. It's true, though. You'd be watching one of those old Elvis movies. He's walking along the beat. They're talking, and all of a sudden, he just breaks out in song. But you were not ready for it. Anyway, there's, a, there's an old song that used to say, I'm a poor, poor, rich man. Uh, I can't remember all of it right now, but uh, the essence of it was uh, when you look at me, you may not see much, but what God has invested in me and what I have because of my relationship with God, I'm rich beyond measure. I'm a poor, poor rich man. So now I got to, I'm going to, now I'm going to have to, after church, that's going to bug me. I'm going to have to sing the song through so I can find the words again. But so the one part of the song says, I'm a millionaire. Oh, I, I, it just came to me. He said, maybe I'm poor, but I've got a lot more than many rich folks that I know. I've got a home in the sky that money can't buy. I'm a poor, poor rich man. I want to lay up treasure. I promise you, there ain't a one of us when we leave this life that are going to be able to take your bank account with you. And the only reason somebody's going to ask what was in your bank account is because they want it. Otherwise, they don't care. Lay up treasures that you can go to, not treasures you'll leave behind. That should be the measure. You can lay up treasure here, which you'll ultimately leave, or you can lay up treasures there, and your treasure will go before you. And all the treasure you're laying up one day, one day with that trumpet sounds, you'll go to all that you've been laying up. I want to lay up treasure there. 
Amen? Lay up treasure there. You know how you do that? You get up in the morning and you go to a closet. And you get on your knees or you lay on your face and you begin to talk with your father. You commune with your father. You find out about the will of the father. You get in tune with him. You talk with him. You find out what matters to him. What are you doing? You're investing treasure. You're digging. You're digging for treasure. You're spending time with the father. And you go about your day and then all of a sudden there's stuff he's put in you that you're investing in someone else. And you're interacting with someone else. You say, oh, I don't know. I'm just I'm telling you, you're laying up treasure somewhere. You're, you're putting things out now that you may not see the result in this life. But there will be a return on investment. I want to lay up treasures where it matters. Now we got to work in this world. I get it. Let's make sure we're laying up in the right place. Because wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And I'm going to tell you, if your treasure's not in heaven, your heart won't be either. And if your heart's not there, when that trumpet sounds, you won't be there. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. I'm really trying to get somewhere. We ain't got there yet tonight. Holy Ghost is working on me. Maybe this is all for me. Let's pray right now. Come on, let's pray. Let's talk to the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost dealing with us as we on the cusp of a new year, as we're in this place of transition. Come on, it's not just a calendar page. There's something spiritual that's shifting in the atmosphere. And the Lord is dealing with us. Where are you going to put your treasure in the year ahead? One of the saddest scriptures to me is when the Apostle Paul, at the close of one of his epistles, makes the statement concerning his friend and brother Demas. He says, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Demas was just putting treasure in the wrong place. He loved this present world. Now, let's, let's get where I was trying to go. The Lord knows why we're going this journey. Verse 22. The light of the body is the eye. Everybody say the light of my body. It's the eye. You got it? Okay. If therefore thine eye be Single. Everybody say single. That word could, we would better understand it in English if it would say it this way. If therefore thine eye is singular or your view and perception is singular. Right? If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body. Everybody say whole body. Shall be full of what? Light. If your eye is single, your whole body shall be full of light. Why? Because the light of the body is the eye. 
Now, that word I there is a Greek word, ophthalmos. It's where we get the word ophthalmology from. But it literally means in the Greek, ophthalmos there, the the, the um, I. It means the faculty of the mind, the perception of the mind, what the mind is fixed upon. So the literal translation of verse 22 wouldn't be changing any meaning at all in verse 22 if it said, if your mind is fixed upon, or the light of the body is the mind and what it is fixed upon and thinks about. Same thing, that word there. The eye is speaks of things not entering through my natural eye. He's speaking, the Lord Jesus, when he's speaking here, is speaking about things that would come into my spirit and affect my spirit. And so the eye that he's speaking of, this it's the reason this specific Greek word was used, is that which comes in and fills my mind. And my mind entertains and dwells upon and feeds upon and tosses around and views And so the Lord was saying, if therefore the thoughts of your mind, the things perceived, the things focused on with your mind and your attention are singular, then your whole body will be full of light. Right? Verse 23. But if your eye, the mind, what you perceive, what you think on, what you give all your attention to, if thine eye be evil... Your whole body shall be full of darkness. If, therefore, the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, what does that mean, if the light is darkness? Well, we have to go back to the verse before, the verses before to understand that. He talked about your eye being what? Single. So when my eye isn't single, then all of a sudden my eye is, maybe it's taking in some light, but it's also taking in some darkness. You with me? Is my eye single if my mind is entertaining light and entertaining darkness? It's not single, is it? And so if my eye is evil, he doesn't say fully evil, just if, I'm entertaining evil. Then my whole body's full of darkness. If, therefore, the light that's in you be darkness, that's what he's talking about. You're trying to entertain light and you're trying to entertain darkness in your mind. But if that light that's in you and you're entertaining darkness, how great is that darkness? Why is that darkness great? I'll tell you why it's great. Because there's the deception. Well, I do entertain the Lord. You with me? It's self-deception. That's why that darkness is so great. It's the justifying my wrong. Because I give some attention to the light. Does that make sense? Jesus said, if thine eye be single, the whole body's full. 
Verse 24. No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one, love the other, or he'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot. Everybody say, I can't. No, I didn't say that. You did. And Jesus did. I can't. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't do it. What's mammon? Money. Things. Possessions. See, Jesus was still in the same vein. You can go back. If you lay up treasures. And he brings it all together, talking about the singleness of the eye or the mind, what the mind dwells on, thinks on, lives in. He said you can't serve them both. You may think you can. You may think you got a good balance there. You can't. Because you're going to serve one. You're going to despise the other. You're going to hold to the one and clean. Hey, here's what I feel the Holy Ghost dealing with my heart about and reaching to us in this hour in which we live and in the days ahead. We need to be a church whose eye is single. Our eye needs to be single. Doesn't mean we all quit our jobs. We're not starting some commune on 1.3 acres. Okay, I'm not talking about that craziness. All right? We don't quit our jobs, sell our homes, build a fort, and all move in. That's not what I'm talking about. That's foolishness. I don't even know where that's coming from. Just in case somebody gets it wrong. We still have to live our lives. But we live our lives singular. Singular. Everything I do, may it be to the glory of God. Everywhere I go, may it be to the glory. Every word I speak, may it honor and glorify God. Every interaction I have, may I be sensitive and singular in focus. Doesn't mean I force stuff in every conversation, you understand? But I'm, I'm singular in focus. If the door opens, I want to be aware and attentive and ready to speak the word of life. Uh, what about, I'm singular in focus. You ever heard this statement? Man, that person is laser focused. Ever heard that? What is that? That's a person who is a single eye. They wake up, they're thinking about the same thing. They go to bed, they're thinking about the same thing. Anytime, you, you ever have somebody, you're like, I am not talking. If you see them coming, go the other way. They're going to talk. I'm, if you start talking to them, I'm telling you, this is what they're going to tell you. Anybody know somebody like that? That's somebody that has a single eye. I, I knew somebody, there, there's somebody I know like this. I don't think anybody here knows them. Uh, they're not from here. There, there's, there's somebody I know that is, well, here, let me ask you this. Anybody of you know somebody that's like really into multi-level marketing? Okay. I, I, I do. I, I, years ago, I messed around with some multi-level marketing stuff. Me and my best friend, we did pretty good. We were making about a couple thousand dollars a month one time. Doing pretty good. But anyway, things change. Yeah. But if you ever meet somebody that's in multi-level marketing that is like, 
everyone, here's, here's the thing, everybody is a prospect, right? And I don't care. You can be talking about the beautiful snow and Christmas time, and they're say, they might be like, you know, speaking of Christmas time, wouldn't it be nice if you had a little more money to be able to buy a little more for everybody on your list? Or speaking of snow, wouldn't it be nice if you had a snowblower instead of shoveling? And there's some, they're going to find some way to bring you around to their multi-level marketing sales pitch. And I, 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 know, I know somebody like that. And like when I see them coming, I'm like, it, it, it's, it's literally, this is honestly, it's like this. Man, brother, it is good to see you. God bless you. It really is. It's one of those. It's one of those. Why? Because they have a single eye. They are laser focused on one thing. Now, I want that to be in my. Now, this isn't a will thing. This isn't about my intellect. And go, okay, I got dogged determination. No, it's got to be something birthed in my spirit. And how is it birthed in my spirit? I start by getting my eye single. What is my mind thinking on? What is my mind fellowshipping? What am I entertaining in my mind? So when we go into this month of fasting in January, I tell you what we're doing. We're seeking God. Let our eye be single. Help our eye to become single. I want my eyes to be fixed on you. I want my eyes to be fixed on your kingdom. And when my eye becomes single, all of a sudden I'm going, hold on. I don't want to take that in. That doesn't feed the singularity of my mind. Hollywood, no, it doesn't feed the sing. It's contrary to the singularity of my mind. want an eye that's single. Single. I make my wife mad every once in a while. It's rare, but it does happen. Probably more rare for me than it is for her. Rare, the times I'm aware it's rare. No. Um. You know what? You know what'll really make her mad? She's talking to me and I'm scrolling. I saw some. I saw some of you. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Now, baby, I'm listening. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I heard you. I heard you. Yeah, no, I'll be ready. Yeah, six thirty. Whatever. Yeah, okay. Now. You're laughing at me, but I'm just joking right now. But it, Why is she upset? Why? She wants my attention. She wants my focus. She wants the singleness of my eye. Husbands, there's a lesson here. And just as a side note, this, we're talking about spiritual things. And marriage is a spiritual thing. And so... Okay, she wants the singleness of my eye. Okay. Now, how much more, how much more does the Lord desire? A singleness of eye. 
And if we're not careful, we hear that like, oh, man, that's burdensome. No, did you read the whole verse? If thine eye be single, thy whole body is full of light. Let's finish. First John chapter one. Hey, I turned straight there. It's amazing what you can do when you have a bookmark in place. First John chapter one. Verse five. This then is the message. Which we have heard of him. Who's him that John's talking about? Jesus Christ. John. This is John the apostle that walked with Christ. John the beloved that laid on his, on his breast there at the Last Supper. This is John that wrote the Gospel of John. This is John that wrote the book of Revelation. This John. He said this then. Not is a message. This is the message. Which we have heard of him. If Jesus' life preached a message, this is what John heard from the message. This is the message we heard of him. And we declare to you, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him, and we walk in darkness, we lie. I didn't write it. Is that what it says? If we say, we need to hear this. I feel the conviction of the Holy Ghost in my heart. If we say we have fellowship with him and then we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not the truth. Now, he didn't stop there, thankfully. There's a colon there, so he gives us a little more, verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. We're going to stop on this verse. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Now. There is a benefit to singleness of the eye. Fellowship. Not just with him. Fellowship with him will produce singleness of the eye. That's basically what John was saying. He said if we say we have fellowship with him, but then we walk in darkness, we're lying. In other words, we don't have singleness of eye. We may be fellowshipping him at times. Light and then darkness. How great is that darkness? That's what we read earlier that Jesus said. 
But if I fellowship him and I have a single eye, my whole body's full of light. And then my brother, my sister, you are fellowshipping him and you have singleness of eye and your whole body's full of light. You know what it does when we come together and we begin to converse and talk? There's unity. There's immediate flow and connection that produced because we know each other so well not necessarily it's because we've both been fellowshipping our father we have singleness of eye we have a body full of light and now because of it a result is we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanseth us from all sin we fall in the trap is we want him to cleanse us from sin but we don't want to walk in the light amen I don't want to do that would you stand with me tonight Could we find a place of prayer? And could we talk to the Lord about singleness of eye? If his word has reached into your heart tonight in any way, would you talk to him? And would you let the Lord Jesus, by his word and his spirit, reach... Reach into your mind and mine. Now, we should be prepared. He may begin illuminating areas in our mind where we have entertained darkness. So if he does that, he's not chastising. He's convicting and saying, let's deal with this. Let's cut off that avenue that darkness is getting in. That's the love of God. I want singleness of eye. The hour is late. The hour is late. I want to get rid of it. I hear, the, I hear the writer of Hebrews saying, let us lay aside every weight and sin that doth so easily beset us. He's talking about getting singleness of eye. He's talking about getting singular in my focus. Yes, I still have a life to live with my job and my family. And we're not pushing those things away. But we're saying, hey, I've got one source of inspiration in my life. It's the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the will of God. That's where my focus is. Yes, I'm going to do the other things. But I'm going to do them in the confines of the will and the direction and that which pleases God. Lead me, Lord. Lead me, Lord. I don't have this all figured out, but I want what I read in your word to be operative in my spirit, in my heart. I want singleness of eye. In the name of Jesus, I can't produce it. Oh, God, I can't. I know. But you, by your great love, by the washing of blood that can cleanse me of sin and darkness, I pray let it be and lead us to singleness of eye. Hallelujah. Come on, talk with him. Thank you for your response to him. Thank you for your response to him. Talk to him. Let's make some determinations by the leading of the Spirit that this new year will look different 
because my mind will be fed singular things. My eye will be single in Jesus' name. 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 In
Hallelujah. It might be good if you feel so inclined for a brother to pray and agree with a brother or sister with a sister. Well, this singleness of I comes from being knit together. From being knit together, distractions can come. Distractions can come, and so we have to recognize them, and so we help one another. We help one another maintain singleness of I. We do that together. We guard our conversations. We guard our fellowship together. We, we pray and agree together this way, and God works through us this way. God, give us singleness of I, the mind of Christ, the Spirit of the Lord.
In Jesus' name, full of light. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yanamasa. I want everything I'm feeding my mind. Singular. Isn't any wonder the writer of Proverbs said to, I think I shared this with somebody this week, I think Brother Renee, that he said to guard your heart with all diligence. He's talking about whether, you know, when, when my eye's not single, I'm not guarding my heart anymore. Right? Where your treasure is, there where your heart is. Praise God. I, I have to tell you this just because I'm so excited about it. And I really, really, really want to preach the message to you, but I don't get to just give you a little synopsis. Is that okay? I think I mentioned it once before. Brother Joel gave me a book. Um, I don't know how long ago now, three weeks, four weeks ago. I'm still only eight pages in, Brother Joel. But the Lord has not stopped dealing with me since I've read those eight pages. And I can't get out of the Word to get back to the book. So I'm in a good place. I'm not neglecting that book. I'm in the book. The book is about stars. And uh, just when I read the foreword, I started digging into Scripture on the stars. I don't know if it's a really good book yet or not. I ain't got far enough to know. I just know it, it provokes something in me, though. That's a good thing. I'm sure it is, Brother George. And uh, it's like the Lord's talking to me a lot about stars. Uh, the last two days, He's been talking to me about them. And I, I find myself thinking about them a lot. And I'm probably going to preach about them, but I'm probably going to preach about them to somebody else besides you, I think. I don't know why the Lord does it that way. You may get it somewhere else. This time of year, you know, Genesis 1 tells us that the Lord made the sun to rule the day and the light, lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. And they were to be for signs for times and for seasons. That's in Genesis chapter 1. Now, I, I've always read times and seasons, but I've missed the signs part. The Lord's really got me hung up right there. Now, we don't seek a sign. They are for signs. Now, you know, it's Christmas. You knew that. There's a verse in there that says of some wise men that when they saw what? When it says what? 
Doesn't say the star. I used to think that too. So you're going to go look at that. What is it? Somebody ready to argue. I feel it. Close. Here's what it says. It says when they saw his star. I'm telling you, that changes everything. Didn't say when they saw the star. They saw his star. Something they knew. They were watching for. They were watching and they were waiting. And when they saw it, they knew. That's not the star. That's his star. That's his It's for signs, for times, for seasons. Now, just my little pet peeve, because I hate it when people misrepresent the word of God. Okay? The wise men did not show up at the manger. Sorry? No, I'm not sorry. Some of you know this. My wife, we get little nativity scenes. Fine, have a nativity scene. Just don't sit the wise men there. (laughs) Sit them on the other side of the mantle. (laughs) Make sure it's a two-year journey for them to get there. Okay, They didn't come to the manger. It was about two years later. See, some of you are like, what? No, see, you got to read the Bible. They saw his star. They were wise men. We don't know how many there were. See, now some of you are like, no, there were three. We we don't know that. The Bible doesn't tell us how many they were. It just names three gifts. doesn't tell us how many. I know their song, We Three Kings. Okay. I can think of a song I won't sing. I'll sing it after service if you want to know the song. Um, Why am I saying all that? They left something. It wasn't like they were going from Yakima to Selah. They came from afar. Because they saw his star. You know what that tells me about them? Their eye was single. They were waiting. I imagine them getting together and talking. Everything I've been reading, I've been searching, we're waiting. It's it's what it's, it's it's what I live for. Oh, he's talking about a star again. He's talking. It's all he talks about. It's all. I think they were singular in their eye, and when they saw his star, nothing else mattered. They were willing to leave and make a far journey that cost something. Cost them something. And they were willing to take some of the most precious things they had. There is no indication that they were rich men. We only understand that they brought things of great value to him. I sort of think they weren't rich. I sort of think they just brought the thing they had that had the most value. 
They were willing to travel for. I believe they had singleness of eye. And when they saw his star, that's our purpose. That's our purpose. Nothing else matters. They stopped by Herod. Hey, we're looking for the king of the Jews. When you find him, tell me so I can go worship him. They left. They still had singleness of purpose. Could I be so fixed on pursuing him? That's what I want. So that my whole body is full of life. Full. Amen. Praise God. His star. Amen. There's a place in Scripture where there were no stars. I'm going to stop because I could keep going. God bless you. Now you can go search the word. Amen. You're in trouble when there's no stars. Search the word. Dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.